Good day, brothers and sisters, and welcome to New Creation Realities. And we're going to go ahead and continue with our lessons. Let there be light. And we're about to have our CMI Summer Bible Conference this week. So if you're watching this video, you can watch the uh, the broadcast. If you're if you're not if you're unable to attend, you can watch the broadcast, the live. We're going to be streaming the live sessions, actually all the sessions live, and you can watch that either on our YouTube channel, I think it's CMI Web TV at YouTube, or you can go to my uh, website, crossignet.com, and I've got a link also where I put the video player on my website as well. <clears throat> so that's one announcement. The other announcement is please continue to stay safe, healthy, and Directed unto Christ. Amen. We're going to continue with our lessons. Let there be light. And uh, <clears throat> I know we haven't had a lesson in a while. So I want to just, um, I don't really want to say do a review. But there were just some things that have been on my heart <clears throat> that I just want to touch on. And one of the things, if if you all haven't uh, checked out a class that I did I recorded it uh, at two separate occasions, two two different years. The class is called "On Studying the Bible," and um, I I basically did the class for Bible School in Texas, Accelerated Christian Training School. But um, <clears throat> a lot of what I've been sharing in, in this series, uh, "Let There Be Light," uh, is found within that class, and and I think and just even kind of going over the notes for today. I think it'd be a, if you're enjoying these classes, I'd recommend checking out uh, those classes as well, uh, because I believe you would be blessed. And when I when I considered them, I uh, in in which would I recommend like the original class that I did versus the second class that I did? I listened to them both at the same time, and they are complementary all over the place. So I would actually recommend <laughs> watching class one of the first time I recorded it. I think it was like 2009 and then watching class one of the second time I recording it. I recorded, it, I think it's like 2016. You will be blessed. That's for sure. <clears throat> and so uh, just, just because I mentioned that and it was just on my notes and something that the Lord had placed upon my heart, I just wanted to mention and just throw this out there, a particular Bible study method now, I'm not going to say this is how you have to study the Bible. No, there's no such thing as that. Just like uh, no one, the Spirit of the Lord does not direct the heart and the soul into Christ uh, in the same, using the same things or the the same way each time. No, it, it's different. Uh, how the Lord, how the Lord by His Spirit led me into Christ, was probably totally different for than how He did with you. But so here's, I just wanted to mention this, just one of the ways that the, the Lord, you know, puts things on my heart and gets me directed unto Christ. And this would be considered a Bible study method. And so to me, uh, this is kind of how I, this is how I kind of uh, approach things. No one actually ever taught me how to study the Bible. I just kind of, it just developed on its own, I guess. <clears throat> so whether this this is a good method or a bad method, this is how I, <laughs> this is how the Lord does it with me. <clears throat> so, in reading the scriptures, or reading the scriptures is like gathering fragments. What do I mean by that? We can be reading the scriptures, 
And if something gets our attention, then that's what we want to jot down. And I, I really try to emphasize just reading the scriptures, just reading the scriptures, not even trying to study, but just reading the scriptures. Because in just reading the scriptures, <clears throat> the Spirit of the Lord will direct our heart where we need to be feeding. And the, one of the ways he does that, especially with me, is that something will grab my attention. And it's just, I've read the passage maybe one, two, three times before, or who knows, maybe a hundred times before. And then just all of a sudden, just something sticks out. It's almost like if I'd never seen that before, but it was always there. It just grabs my attention. And so then what grabs my attention, that's what I begin searching out. That's what I begin looking at. And I would call that just a fragment. And so in reading the scriptures is like gathering fragments. As we're reading, we're gathering a little bit here, a little bit there. Maybe it's all in the same passage, but it's just like a fragment of things that are grabbing our attention. The Holy Spirit guides, guides us in the scriptures and presents what will get our attention once again. And the Lord knows our heart. The Lord knows how to direct our heart. Jesus said, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. That means that we cannot, cannot come by our own ability or by the ability of any other man. And what I mean man, I mean mankind, not by the ability of the flesh, but this is actually a work of the spirit. Okay. Now, <clears throat> what gets our, our attention is what we jot down. And what we jot down are basically what I'm calling the fragments. Once we've been gathering fragments of the things that have been um, getting our attention, the Holy Spirit takes those things that we've just gathered, or actually, shall I say, that he's placed before us. He, he gathers those fragments that we've jotted down and searched out, studied, uh, and he gathers certain fragments and be, of those to, and begins to present a picture of Christ to us. And see, <clears throat> the most complete picture of Christ, I would say, would require the entirety of the testimony. As, 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 a, as much of a complete and perfect picture of Christ we can possibly uh, see by the Spirit of God would require the entirety of the testimony. And so here's the Spirit of the Lord, a fragment from here, a fragment of here, gathering the fragments and presenting a person to us. But presenting this person still in the testimony, okay? And so this is the true image of Christ in the testimony. We begin to see Jesus. We begin to see Jesus Christ in the testimony. That's what I that's why I said person. Because when we when we use the word Christ, it's the same, it's Christ is the Greek term for Messiah, and it can be seen as a title like God's anointed, or God's king, or God's son. But we, when we add the word Jesus to this, that brings it down to not just any anointed one, not just any king, not just any son, but as the Apostle John put it, the only son of God. The only begotten, in a different translation they translate it, the only begotten of the Father. And so 
It's no longer a title that we're looking at because the Spirit of God, listen, does not present unto our heart and unto our soul a title. No. He does not present unto our heart. He does not present unto our soul an office. No. He presents a person. <clears throat> and so that's why I add, or I, when, I, when I present this, Jesus the Christ. Jesus the Messiah, Jesus, Jesus Christ, okay? <clears throat> the testimony is hidden in the scriptures. Now, the testimony is a light, but it is a light with purpose. And I know we've said this before. When we are dead before we're born again, we are in our soul is in a state, in a condition of death and darkness. There is no light whatsoever at the moment of new birth because God in his tender mercy and ever abounding grace has taken the initiative and performed a miracle. At the moment of new birth, <clears throat> our soul is brought from death unto life because life, Christ himself, is present in the soul. That's why the condition of the soul has changed because now life is present in the, in the soul. Now, because Christ is present, brothers and sisters, listen to how I'm going to say this. Light is also present. Wisdom is also present. Everything of God is present. All the terms that we find in the scriptures are present, and they are present in the person of Jesus Christ, who is in the soul. The thing is, and this is what I present to, to all of us, is what is our heart? Here we go. Let me get out of the way here. What is our heart submitted unto? Is our heart still submitted unto that mind, that natural mind of the first man, Adam? And if so, if it is, then that means our heart is submitted unto darkness. Though the light is present, if our heart is submitted unto the eternal mind, the mind of Christ, the Apostle Paul says, says this, but we have the mind of Christ. If our heart is submitted unto the eternal mind, the mind of Christ, then <clears throat> light is not just present, but we are walking in the light that is present. And the whole house is full of light. The whole vessel is full of light. Okay? So the testimony is hidden. And I say hidden because it is hidden from the natural mind. I... I I, I often, I've, I've said it this way, we cannot pull Jesus out of a hat. That's impossible to do. To see Jesus Christ in the scriptures, to me, requires a miracle of God. Now, someone who has seen by the Spirit of the Lord the testimony of Jesus Christ in the scriptures, they can, they can indeed present that testimony. But for us even though having heard that testimony, but for us to actually see that person in the scriptures requires a miracle of God. All right. 
The testimony is a light. It is a light with purpose. And I, I say this, brothers and sisters, because when I was in Bible school, it was either my second or third year in Bible school. I had begun, I had begun to see Christ in the scriptures. And to me, it, it was like, like, I'll just use these words. It was like a new world. It, it was like a, like a new, um, a new horizon. It was like a new era. It was, it was like everything was new, you know, because here I'd been studying the scriptures, reading the scriptures, studying the scriptures, searching the scriptures and pulling out everything. I mean, everything, everything from, uh, teachings to, uh, lessons to ways to live, conduct to live by, codes to live by. All these, I was pulling out everything, all these, listen, all these things, T-H-I-N-G-S, plurality of stuff from the scriptures. But when the Spirit of the Lord began directing my heart unto Christ, in the testimony that is hidden in the scriptures, then it was like light was present. And <clears throat> no one could argue with me. I could very, in all honesty, I could say, I have seen Jesus. I have seen the Lord. And I could show in the scriptures where I had seen him. And it wasn't from some class. No, the classes were there. The classes were present. All the homework was present. Everything that was going on when I was in Bible school was present. But it was present there, I believe. So that the Spirit of the Lord could take that and use that and create an environment in my heart, which environment the Spirit of God could work in to prepare the ground of my heart, to be able to direct my heart, guide my heart, and bring my heart unto the light of the testimony. The thing is this, brothers and sisters, if we continue and remain right here just with the light of the testimony and say, well, I've got it. I've seen the Lord because we have seen the Lord very, very truly and honest, honestly, we have seen the Lord, but it's a testimony. And you can, here's, here's like the light of the natural sun to me. The light of the natural sun. And yet what happens is, I'll give, I'll give some examples. I know they're further on in my notes, but that's all right. I'll give some examples. What the Spirit of God used <clears throat> for me personally was this. When I would see Christ in the Scriptures, my heart would soar. And it was like walking in the heavenlies. It was like walking in Christ. I mean, at, at those times, I'll just say this. Maybe you've experienced this as well. But for me, I, I, I was I, I thought... Gosh, it's almost like I'm invincible. Uh, nothing bothers me, <laughs> you know. Nothing, nothing rattles my cage. Nothing upsets me. It's all good. And then, after a while, whether it's a couple of minutes, maybe a couple of seconds, maybe a couple of minutes, maybe a, maybe an hour, maybe a few hours, maybe a day, maybe a week, all of a sudden it's like eh, just kind of petering out and, hey, what's going on? You know, everything was great over here. Well, what happened? Well, I have to see the Lord again, I guess. And so here we go, climbing that, you know, all over again. Well, <clears throat> what's actually happening, I mean, <laughs> this natural creation, once again, was created 
of God with a purpose, to testify of his Son. As fallen as this creation is, it's still there, and God still uses it to testify of his Son. Because there is so much of the Son, Jesus Christ, so much of the truth, that brothers and sisters, we are just not able to bear yet. And so, <clears throat> you have a natural sun, right? The sun doesn't... The sun... All right, just a natural orbit. Let's just talk about just earthly things, okay? The sun does not revolve around the earth. No. The earth revolves around the sun. But what happens is that at some point, the earth where you are is facing the sun, and we call that day. A natural term, day. But then what happens? The earth naturally turns away from the sun, and we call that night. Did you hear what I said? The earth turns away from the sun, and then all we have left is darkness, night, night. <clears throat> and so then we then we have this like up and down thing going. Oh well, you know when our hearts turned unto Christ Jesus in the testimony, there's the light of the testimony. We're we're like flying high, like walking on cloud nine, walking in the heavenlies. You know, invincible. Nothing can touch us. Everything is great. Brother or sister so and so, they don't bother me. Pastor so and so, he doesn't bother me. Minister so and so, they don't bother me. You know, everything is like it's all good. And then, but what happens, even with the natural earth that turns away from the sun, all of a sudden, I mean, that's what we do. That is what we do. We turn away from Christ. That's why I say it requires a miracle of God for the Spirit of the Lord to get our attention and direct the attention of our heart unto Christ Jesus himself. It requires a miracle of God. I know that many of you don't believe me, but <clears throat> Adam and Eve were in the garden. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden. They never considered the tree of life. No, it was, it was to them, brothers and sisters, I, I would say it was hidden from their natural reasoning, from their natural sight. Had they not, all they could consider was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That was it. That was the only thing they considered right there. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's all they could consider. It required a miracle and still requires a miracle to consider Jesus. Consider him. That requires a miracle of God. You can't do that. I can't do that. No, 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 no. If God does not take the initiative, brothers and sisters, we are stuck. Period. But praise God, he does take the initiative. And he sent his spirit to prepare the ground of our soul, the ground of our heart, that we could be directed unto the person of his son and respond to the voice of the living one, the voice of the life, the voice of the resurrection. And so just as the natural Earth turns away from the natural sun, even so our hearts, brothers and sisters, admit it or not, whether you believe it or not, does the exact same thing. And so that's why we have this effect. That's, that's, that, that's this effect going on 
where you go, oh yeah, it's all great, great. And then, you know, oh, it just kind of peters out, you know. It's almost like going to a Sunday service or uh, attending a Bible class or having a Bible study or a Wednesday evening service or even a Bible conference. And you're, oh, you're, I'm going to look, listen to my vernacular. Oh, we get all pumped up and yeah, we're loving Jesus. That's great. And then it, then it ends. And all of a sudden, uh, go back to, go back to what we call life. As normal. Brothers and sisters, this up and down thing is not the daily Christian walk. No. No. The daily Christian walk is exactly what I said. The walk that the believer has in the eternal day himself. That is the daily Christian walk. When the believer, the heart of the believer, finally walks in him, we live, move, and have our being in the land of the living, where it's no longer up and down and up and down and up and down like a roller coaster ride. No, where it is continually and a constant awareness of the one who is present. This, my brothers and sisters, requires a miracle of God. But I, I have to say this because we just think that the up and down thing and, you know, one day it's great, one day it's terrible. One day I'm loving Jesus, one day I'm not. You know, one day I'm, one day I'm doing righteousness deeds, righteous deeds, and the other day I'm sinning and all, you know, up and down and up and down. No, 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 that is, that is not the normal Christian life. That is not the normal Christian existence. We have to get that out of our mind. The thing is, the reason that we think that's the normal Christian existence is because we haven't seen, listen, we haven't seen our life. And seeing Christ in the testimony, brothers and sisters, is with purpose. Seeing Christ in the testimony is light, but it is light with purpose. Seeing Christ in the testimony is not the end goal. The testimony is designed of God that we might see not the picture, not the shadow, shadow, but the person himself. This also requires a miracle of God. When we, by the Spirit of the Lord, in our hearts are brought from death unto life, it is an amazing and glorious time, brothers and sisters. When we, by the Spirit of the Lord, are brought from our, our darkness unto the light of the testimony, it is a glorious time, brothers and sisters. And when finally, by the Spirit of God, our heart is brought from glory unto the more excellent glory, then it is the beginning for us a time of exceeding, exceedingly great rejoicing in our God. A time where we actually begin to walk in the light as He is in the light. The light that He Himself is. 
walking in the eternal day, walking in the land of the living, walking in the truth, walking in Christ, living, moving, and having our being in Him. This, I don't want to say changes everything. No, no. This is when we begin, when we who are born again, begin to walk in the eternal change that came unto our soul at the moment of new birth. I am so glad, I am so glad that the Holy Spirit did not leave me convinced because I was convinced that, listen, in my own words, that I had got it when I was seeing the light of the testimony. I was convinced. It was like, this is it. Well, yes, this is it because this is Christ himself. But this is not it in the sense it's, I've not yet seen the person. I've seen the picture, but in light of the person, the picture isn't glorious at all. You know? In light of the painting, the person exceeds the painting. And this is where God himself has brought our soul, in reality, the moment of new birth. Unto this very one. The Spirit of God desires to bring our heart now, our heart now, in knowledge. From this natural mind, the mind of the Adamic man, which is ignorance and darkness, unto the eternal mind, the mind of Christ, which is light and glory, and the list goes on and on and on. I want to read a, just a couple verses here because I jotted them down. Whoops, wrong Bible app. This is what I want. This is John chapter 5, and I, I know you know these verses because I probably repeat them several times. But This is John chapter 5. We're going to start with verse 45. <clears throat> this is G Jesus speaking. This is Jesus' words. And in my current Bible app, they're in red, so there's no doubt this is Jesus' words. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Verse 45 of John chapter 5. Do not think that I shall accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. He's speaking to the Jews here. Verse 46. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me. For he wrote about me. Wow. What is that saying? What it is saying, what Jesus is saying right here, is that if you're not seeing Jesus Christ in Moses, which is basically the law, the first five books of the, the Old Testament, the, the, the Pentateuch, five, Penta, five, first five books, the law. If you're not seeing Jesus in the law, then you don't believe Moses. You don't believe what he wrote. Because... This is Jesus' words, he wrote about me. Verse 47, but if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? Jesus' words. Once again, I know this for a fact. You, nor I, nor anyone else can pull Jesus out of a hat. No, no. 
to see Jesus Christ in the scriptures requires, requires, absolutely necessary for there to be a miracle of God. And when God in his tender mercy and ever bounding grace performs this miracle in our heart, there is only one who receives glory. That is God. And see, just think about this. Just, just think, <clears throat> just think when you were first born again, how simple it was. I mean, I, I think about it when I, you know, when I was first born again. I was born again at the age of 20, so my memory does go back that far. <laughs> I remember when I was first born again, all that was there was the thought, wow, why didn't I do this before? Well, I couldn't have. It completely impossible, man. But there was another thought there as well. Thank you, God, for what you've done. There was just a grateful heart. Thankfulness, gratitude. Did I have to study to get to that point? No. That was just automatic with an encounter or because of an encounter with the living God. That was just automatic. I didn't have to work up to that. I didn't have to study that. I didn't have to memorize that. How did that verse go again? No, 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 no. There's none of that. That was just the automatic response of my heart. Gratitude, thankfulness. And anytime we do have an encounter with the living God, it's exactly the same thing. Because no man can do this, brothers and sisters. And if we, re- if we, were, if we were really honest with ourselves, we would admit that no man can do this. Not in our volumes of reading and not in our notebooks of study. No, none of that. None of that. But God and God alone in his tender mercy and ever bounding grace by the work of his spirit does what no man can do because he takes the initiative. He knows the truth. He knows that with man it is impossible. We're just, we just continue believing that with man, the man still has some ability whatsoever when he doesn't. So that's one verse uh, <clears throat> that Jesus said, For he wrote of me, if you don't believe his writings, how will, you believe, how will you believe my words? Here's another passage. This is John, still in John. John chapter 1, we're going to go back a bit. John chapter 1, verse 43 through 45. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now, I'll say this. Well, I'll just keep on reading. I won't say this. I may say it in the conference. So there you go. <laughs> you want to hear what I would say? Tune into the conference when I, when I have my session. All right. Verse 44. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Verse 45. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, listen to what Philip says to Nathanael. We have found him. He didn't say we found the teaching. We found the doctrine. We found the Messiah. We found the message. We found the Christ. No. Right? Titles. Remember titles? No. He says, we have found him. We have found the person. See, with a title and with a doctrine and with a teaching and with a theology, all those things are good. With a message, those things are good, brothers and sisters. But see, with those things, we can still continue with our concept. See, and my concept falls apart when I meet a person. Because we come with our preconceived 
ideas concerning a person until we come into the presence of that person and begin to know that person. I remember during a Bible conference once in Costa Rica, uh, one of the translators there, he, he met me and talked with me and he said, you know, Jimmy, I heard your voice and everything, but I never saw you. So I thought you were this other brother over here. And I was like, well, I'm not. <laughs> he had a preconceived notion of what I looked like. Now, he would have continued in his own little disillusionment, in his own little concept, had I not appeared, had I, had I not showed up on the scene. But once I did and introduced myself, then you're no longer, I mean, his concept went out the window when he came into the presence of the person. Brothers and sisters, that's exactly what happens with us. Listen to what Philip says to Nathaniel. We have found him. We have found the person. I love that. We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote. Whoa, here we go. We have found him of whom Moses in the law, the first five books, Pentateuch, and also the prophets wrote. Jesus, okay, I'll just stop right there. The law and the prophets. So here's, here's Philip telling Nathaniel, who we know Nathaniel, man in whom is no guile, he one who has a true expectation for the Messiah, one who is truly in expectation of the Messiah, and all that the Messiah would bring, the expectation of God, all right, is working in this, in this one's heart. He's searching the scriptures. He's meditating upon the scriptures, contemplating the scriptures. All right. We have found him um, of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote. Philip <clears throat> basically has just said, that the summation of the law and the prophets, which is the testimony basically found in the scriptures, the law and the prophets, Old Testament scriptures, he's saying that they wrote of Jesus. He goes on, look, at, it's like to, to, to Philip, the law and the prophets, the complete Old Testament, hey, it's declaring this person because we found him is declaring this person because we found him. Not declaring the title. No, the, the, the title's there. But it's not declaring a title. It's declaring a person because we found him. And it goes on to say, he, he goes on to say right here, Moses in, in the law and also the prophets wrote, look at this, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Now he brings it and focuses in on a person. And we can wrestle with titles. Our concepts can wrestle with whatever they want to wrestle with. But when God himself brings a person before our heart, the wrestling ends. I mean, you'll wrestle all you want with God. And that wrestling, brothers and sisters, we know with Jacob happens at night. But when there is the breaking of the day, the wrestling ends. Ends. And then we no longer walk 
as we used to walk. We no longer walk by our own ability. Governed by the first man, Adam, the mind of the first man, Adam. No, 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 no. When the day breaks, the day dawn, the day star shines in our hearts, we begin to walk by the ability, with the ability of another. And we walk in the day. And that is, brothers and sisters, crossing the Jordan. For us, the believer in our heart. See, the Jordan is only the understanding of what already took place at the Red Sea. The Jordan is only the knowledge of what has already taken place at the Red Sea. But whom of us have come yet by the Spirit of God unto the truth? The Holy Spirit is faithful to guide us into all truth. In fact, he is the only one faithful, the only one who can stir our heart to consider him. So here we go with Philip, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. I love that. Another passage, this is Luke. Luke chapter 24, uh, verse 25. I think this is the Emmaus Road. Let me scroll backwards to get a subtitle. No, it's not going to give me a subtitle. Oh, because this isn't my study Bible. Let me let me go. Let me look it up in my study Bible real quick. They give me subtitles. <laughs> uh, Luke chapter 24, verse 25. Where is it? Okay. Let me scroll backwards. Yes, Road to Emmaus. Emmaus. E-M-M-A-U-S, like mouse, 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 almost like slang for a mouse, <laughs> mouse. Uh, verse 25, we're going to read verse 25 through 27. Then he, this is Jesus, now remember, <clears throat> just a little bit of the context. Here's a couple of the disciples, they're walking on the road, heading towards Emmaus. And their discussion is everything of what has just happened. The death, burial, well, the death and crucifixion of Jesus Christ in the burial. Okay, that's, that's, that's what's on their hearts. That's what they are meditating upon. <laughs> that's what they are considering. And whether they know it or not, the testimony of what they are considering at that very time is found hidden in the scriptures whether they realize realize it or not. So that's their conversation. So here comes Jesus, shows up in the midst, and he begins, gosh, I, I can, I'm going to go backwards verses and just read a little bit. I'll start with verse 13. It's I, I'd recommend reading the whole chapter, actually, but for time's sake. Verse 13, now behold, two of them were traveling the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. Okay, the crucifixion. Well, all these things, the the whole entirety of it. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that, this is Luke, that Jesus himself, that the person himself drew near and went with him. 
See, it wasn't a message. God does not send us a message. God does not send us a doctrine. God does not send us a teaching. God sends His only Son, which Son He declares in the testimony found hidden in the Scriptures. But He sends His Son, brothers and sisters. You were not birthed of, we who are born again, we were not birthed of a message or a doctrine. No, no. We were actually birthed of a person who is life. And so here we go. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. I love that. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. Jesus is in the midst. Their eyes are restrained. They still don't know him. I could go on commenting on that, but you would probably only get upset. So I'm not going to. We're going to keep on reading. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have one with another as you walk and are sad? Verse 18, remember the up and down? <laughs> smiley face, sad face. Smiley face, sad face. Smiley face, sad face. All right. Then the one whose name was Cleopas uh, answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happen there in these days? It's like, don't you know anything? <laughs> that, that's basically what they're telling Jesus, who is the eternal. <laughs> don't you know anything? They have no clue who he is. And how gracious our Lord is. <laughs> and he said to them, what things? So they said to him, well, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty indeed and word before God and all the people, how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him, him to be condemned to death and crucified him. And they're just basically giving them, giving Jesus their concept, their what they have formulated by a natural mind, they're just spouting out to Jesus. Verse 21, But we were hoping that it was He who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things have happened. And so here was my hope, and I, I, we, I had this expectation, and it was going to happen this way, but then this happened and totally ruined my expectation. So now I don't know what's going on anymore. That's basically what's going on here though Jesus is still in the midst. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, uh, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Whoa. Now their thoughts are totally being tweaked. Their concepts are totally being messed with. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. Verse 25, then he said, here we go. This is Jesus' words to those of us whose hearts are still submitted to the, first, to the mind of the first man, Adam, the natural mind. Oh, foolish ones. How foolish. That mind is foolish. Oh, foolish ones and slow of heart. Whoa. Slow of heart. Remember? For the born-again believer, brothers and sisters, it is not an issue of reality in this sense, whether you are born again or not. No, 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 no. That, that was taken care of when reality, the eternal reality himself, 
the person himself appeared in your soul. No, everything is present in the person of Jesus Christ now in your soul. Everything, everything of God. The question is, it's an issue of the heart. What is our heart submitted unto? These disciples, the heart of these disciples, now they weren't born again at that moment, but their heart was still submitted unto this mind, the mind of the first man, Adam. And therefore, my question, brothers and sisters, for, for you and for I, what is our heart submitted unto? The Spirit of God is working behind the scenes, continually working to prepare the ground of our heart, direct our heart, guide our heart, and bring our heart in knowledge from what from the darkness that we call knowledge unto the light of God, who is the knowledge of Jesus Christ's Son. Jesus said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. And right there, he's saying prophet. He's including Moses with the prophets because Moses was a prophet as well. So the entirety of the scriptures, he's saying, you're slow of heart. You haven't believed the scriptures. See, all of us who are born again, we believe the scriptures, but it's our concept. We No, let, let me say it this way. Let me say it this way. We believe our concept of the scriptures. All of us who are born again, we believe our concept of the scriptures. And brothers and sisters, our concept does not match up with the person of Jesus Christ. It doesn't. Because our concept comes from the mind, the natural mind of the first man, Adam, the, which mind cannot know the things of God. They're hidden from him. Cannot, could not, nor can ever know, cannot attain unto. No, no, no. Either the Spirit of God brings our heart from being submitted unto the first mind, the natural mind, the carnal mind, unto the eternal mind, or we just continue with our heart submitted unto that mind that is darkness. Requires a miracle of God. O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe. And like I said, we believe our concept of the scriptures. We don't believe the scriptures. We believe our concept of the scriptures. Of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and enter into his glory. And look at this, verse 27. And beginning at Moses, who is also a prophet, right? Jesus said, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. That's the entirety of the Old Testament scriptures. And beginning at Moses. <laughs> what a Bible study. <laughs> what a Bible lesson. At, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he covered the entirety of the scriptures with them. He expounded to them in all the scriptures, the things concerning the title. No, the things concerning the doctrine. No, the things concerning the message. No, the things concerning himself because he himself was present in the midst, 
brothers and sisters, we who are born again, he, this very same one, he himself is present in the midst of our soul, whether we acknowledge him or not. God the Father knows the truth, and it is the spirit of truth that has been sent to lead us, to guide us into all truth. Truth who is a person. Remember, we can have our concept. We continue with our concept. We wrestle with God because of our concept. Because we believe our concept that we formulated of the scriptures. But our wrestling, our concept comes to an end when the day dawns, the day star arises in our hearts. This requires a miracle of God. Only God can do this. Only God can do this. And when he does do this, all that we're left with, we're left with is a heart of gratitude, a thankfulness unto the Lord. That's all there is. There's glorifying God and what he has done. There's glorifying God and his son who is present this whole entire time. I mean, Jacob confessed it. You know, he, Jacob fell asleep. It was nighttime. It's so beautiful, the testimony. And then he, he sees this ladder, which ladder leads his, his, the attention of his eyes, his heart above into the heavens where he sees the Lord at the top. I mean, the attention of his heart is drawn from the earth and darkness below unto him who is above, unto him who is above. The only one to be seen in the heavenlies. And then he, in the morning, in the day, when he awakes, he says, surely the Lord is in this place, and it was I who knew it not. So he called the place, the name of the place, uh, is it Bethel? House of God? Forgive me on that one if I'm wrong. But he confessed the truth. Because by God's ability, he saw the Lord who was present. And yes, yes, it was the Lord sending his angels and drawing the angels, God sending his messengers who were drawing, you know, that's probably the first thing he saw. He saw a ladder, but whoa, he sees some angels. He sees some messengers that are sent of God, sent of God, so they can draw his attention above unto God himself. That's it. That's the angel right there, served his purpose. All right. So we can have Christ revealed in the scriptures. And once again, brothers and sisters, that is a glorious thing. But when God the Father reveals his very son in the soul, this one is more glorious. And this glory does not fade away. Remember, earlier during the class, when, 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 when Christ is presented to our hearts, whether that be during a Sunday service, during a Bible class, during a Bible lesson, during a Bible study, during a Bible reading, during a Bible conference. Remember, I'm saying Bible, Bible, Bible. Scripture, Scripture, Scripture. Testimony, testimony, testimony. It's a glorious time. But then that, brothers and sisters, that glory fades exactly like the glory that was on the face of Moses. It was temporary. It was to serve a purpose that our hearts would be directed and come by the Spirit of the Lord unto the face wherein the glory of God does not fade. 
the face of Jesus Christ, who is the very glory of God, the very express image of the Father. And then we have come by the Spirit of the Lord from glory to glory. Once again, everything doesn't change at that point. Everything doesn't change at that moment, brothers and sisters. No. What happens is we begin to walk in that eternal change by the ability of another. Just as the Lord told Abraham, I am El Shaddai. I am the Almighty, the powerful, the only powerful, the only Almighty, the only able, the only one capable. One. Walk before my face and be thou perfect. Basically, by my own ability, I will cause you to walk before my face and you will see my perfection, who is your life. It will forever be, brothers and sisters, not I, but Christ. And that's not just a doctrinal statement. That's just not a confessional statement. No. When the Apostle Paul declared that, it was automatic in his heart, just as was his gratitude and his thankfulness and his glorying in the Lord. Now, I know what we've done to it. We've taken it. We've made it into a doctrinal statement. We've made it into a confession of faith, but it's not. It wasn't for Paul, and it shouldn't be for us. So when Christ is revealed in the testimony, it is seen from afar, from the outside. See, when Christ is revealed in the testimony, and this is of God once again, this is a miracle of God, it's light coming from the outside, trying to get in, but it doesn't get in. It's just from the outside. And that's the light that fades, just like the natural light of the sun, because the natural earth turns from the sun until it's drawn back to the sun, but then it turns away from the sun. That's a fading glory. This is not a permanent glory. Christ revealed in the heart of God the Father is seen near, not from afar, not from the outside, but seen near from the inside. And this is the glory that does not fade because he himself is the glory of God. Not his picture, no. The very person himself is the glory of God. Once again, coming from glory to the more excellent glory, who is the person himself. It does require a miracle of God to see Christ in the scriptures. No man can do this. I've got so many. Look at all these pages of notes I've got. I'm not going to go over these. Maybe I have gone over them. <laughs> I thank the Lord because he's really the only one um, who prepares the ground of our heart. He, he's the only one who really knows what each one of us needs for our heart to be directed and turn unto Jesus. Well, I don't. You don't. You don't even know your own heart. I don't know my heart. God does. God does. God does. And the Spirit of the Lord in every, in every Sunday service, in every, uh, I say every, listen, in every Sunday service, in every Wednesday evening service, in every Bible study, 
in every Bible class, in in every theological seminary, in every in every um, Bible conference, anywhere that the scriptures are found being declared, regardless of what's being declared, the Spirit of God is there because the scriptures are there and the testimony is hidden in the scriptures. The Spirit of God is there preparing, listen, an environment for God, an environment in our heart for God that our heart would turn to see the voice of the one who speaks, whose voice cuts through the crud and hardness of our heart and touches our heart, the inside, where we can respond. What no man can do, what no man could do, and what no man could ever do, draws our attention and places the full attention of our heart upon the person of Jesus Christ. This is what the Spirit of God does, the Spirit of truth. He guides us into all truth, truth who is Christ Jesus himself. And the context of that passage is basically this. Jesus says there is so much. There is, there is so much that, that I'd like to tell you, but you cannot bear it. There's so much that I want to say, but you cannot bear it. In the very next verse, he says, but when he the spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into all truth. He will take that which is of mine, the things that are of mine, and present them, show them unto you. It's all. <laughs> it, it's always, it's always, it will always be about Jesus. The entirety of the scriptures, Moses and the prophets, the thing is, the Spirit of God works that we may believe the Scriptures. That we may come from believing our concept to believe to actually truly believing the Scriptures. So, please present all this to the Holy Spirit and let the true teacher do that which he desires to do in our hearts for God's end, for God's glory. Amen? Amen. The Lord bless. We'll see you in our next lesson. And once again, don't forget, we've got our, we're holding our CMI 2020 Summer Bible Conference this coming week. And uh, if you're attending, please go to my website, crossignet.com and check out our disclaimer. It's there. We've got to check that out. We've got to, we've got to, everyone's got to take the precautions for everything. And, um, but most of all, uh, keep your heart open to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Lord bless. We'll see you in our next lesson.